Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to Do the Woo the Woo Commerce Builder Podcast. This show is brought to you by NitroPack, the all-in-one solution for performance optimization of your client sites. And Weglot, global sponsors of WordCamps and Meetups who take pride in their community support. Tell you more about our pod friends later in the show, but let's continue our live sessions that were done last week at WooSesh, an online conference for Woo Builders. As you heard in the prior show, we have brought you the highlights from our end of the day recaps. This time, Kathy, Zach, and myself chat with Allie Brock about her amazing headless WooCommerce case study, and Daniel Espinoza with his insights into monitoring your clients' Woo shops. And again, we inject a little bit of party fun here and there while heading into another lively conversation. I am so happy to be able to talk to both Allie and Daniel. Um, their sessions today were so interesting. And I'd love to, you know, just hear some more about, I've never met either one of you, but I'd love to hear more about what it is that you guys do with WordPress. We'll start with uh, start with you, Allie. Um, you're over in the UK, yes? Yeah, I'm in uh, Wales, um, oh. which not a lot of people know about Wales, but yeah, based in Cardiff in Wales. Okay, great. And you work with e-commerce? Yeah, so I'm head of e-commerce for a web agency. So um, for the last four years, I've um, mainly been working with um, large-scale, really complicated WooCommerce platforms that like have melted my brain with like really complex integrations. So um, yeah, that's what I've been doing for the last four years. Yeah, and your session today was all about headless WordPress with WooCommerce, which kind of blew my mind. Um, we won't, I don't want to hear any technical details. I just want to hear, um, just kind of high level. How is that going? I've been watching Headless for a while and I know there's a lot that goes into that. How, how has that been for you? It's been really challenging if, you know, to be, to be honest. I mean, we, we, when we started the project, we were kind of like, we, we hadn't done Headless WooCommerce at all. And we thought, okay, this is this is a good way for us to learn about it, but learning about it again with it on an enterprise scale where we've got twenty thousand products and 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 not only that a, a multitude of plugins that we hadn't really factored in the complexity around actually building the entire front end. It's been really, it's been interesting but super challenging. And we're yeah. about two weeks, two weeks from delivery on this project now. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Not a lot of people who are outside of the e-commerce space understand really how many pieces have to come together for an e-commerce site to work right. Yeah. And I think one of the uh, one of the things that I'd always, the, the, the kind of the safety net that I've always had with uh, WordPress and WooCommerce is, um, so we work in Sprint and at Sprint 1, you can have a whole e-commerce journey. It might not look nice. It, you know, it might be clunky. But you can you can spin up your 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 environment, and from the very first sprint, you've got the end to end process, and then you kind of layer up the 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 features. But with headless, it's kind of like sprint one, I got nothing. Sprint two, I still don't have anything. Sprint three, mm, might have a little bit, and it was a completely different development process that um, I found really interesting. Frustrating at times, but also, you know, when we can see it now towards the end and you go, yeah, I get it. Um, but it was, it was, it's been a challenge. 
Wow. Well, it sounds like you're a trailblazer and we're excited to watch how it all unfolds for you so that we can all learn from you. So <laughs> thanks for taking the 40 hacks for all of us. Uh, that's really cool. Yeah. And Daniel, your session was really interesting. Um, I was thrown back into the days of doing apps for e-commerce in a past life. And uh, yeah, your solution sounds really interesting with Monitorific. Can you just give a, like a high level overview of the service. Like you mean, I don't have to monitor things by setting up like PHP calls that send me emails when things are wrong. I can actually like have a service do it for me. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely the, uh, the wearer of many hats and of bright sunglasses. So my, <laughs> my main gig is grow development where I have a bunch of, um, clients who, who, who focus on WooCommerce subscriptions. So they have large multi-million dollar subscription, uh, catalogs that just renew every month. And so there's a lot of care and feeding that goes in on, into that. So when you have a development team that's pushing out code, often you, you need to make sure that stuff works, not only in your monitoring of your local, you know, unit testing or some, maybe some integration testing. Um, but you need to know that, Hey, can ch is checkout going to work or not? And so the example that I gave in my presentation was, uh, it was fictitious. There is no, uh, Mary's robots, uh, the Mar E has not yet been, um, uh, developed as a product, even though there's some, maybe some <laughs> example products out there. Um, I, I would have loved a robot to read to my kids because, you know, reading pig and elephant books are awesome, but like the thousandth time after you've read, you know, uh, um, uh, pig and elephant book, then you, you don't want to read it again. So yeah, no, the, um, the concept for monitor effect was checking is checking live cards. You know, this existed prior, um, as a product off of, uh, another company. Uh, Mr. Brian Richards reminded me of that last year and we said, you know, sort of a light bulb went off. Um, not, you know, a neon light bulb, but, um, yeah, this needed to exist again, uh, for even if it was just for my clients or my plugin shop. So that's the yeah. second hat I wear. I sell plugins, uh, for WooCommerce and the just, I have, I have done that self-inflicted wound. I have pushed on a Friday afternoon, gone along with my weekend, and then come back on Monday to check for, on sales, which usually do happen on the weekends. And um, I'm just, you know, quizzical, this quizzical look of why I have no sales come in. Well, dummy, you, you shot yourself in the foot. You broke checkout on a Friday afternoon. And so um, it, it fills a the monitorific or you know automated monitoring fills in that gap of is checkout working you know can i sleep at night knowing that checkout's working um and you know it could be a push of code it could be an automatic update all these different scenarios of where your 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 main money making piece of part of your site is going to go down and uh yeah just trying to get, help people sleep better I, i'm a yeah. sleep therapist i want you to get the full combined um, you know, REM sleep and the, the effect that comes with that to make you more productive. I, I'm here for you. I'm here for the people. Well, I really appreciate you guarding my, uh, sleep. It's important. <laughs> Absolutely. Using these glasses to make it very, very not creepy. Right. <laughs> Zach, have so, yeah, you ever I, broke really checkout on a Friday? <laughs> not on a Friday, but I've done it on a Thursday and that's almost as bad. Um, not quite as bad. But yeah, I mean, it, there's just so much that can go wrong when you are updating a, a website in general, but especially an e-commerce site. And when something goes wrong on an e-commerce site, that's revenue lost no matter what. And I really, 
Um, first, I loved the allegory that you used throughout the entire presentation, uh, giving us, you know, a person and a product that we were, you know, we grew to care about throughout the presentation. <laughs> and uh, the fact that you covered all of these various ways that we can monitor, not just your own product, but other products as well. Um, I, I really liked the, the multi-layered approach and using things like uptime robot and, you know, even um, I've used Hotjar for, you know, watching users click through the site too. It's a, it's a remarkable thing to be able to do. And you figure out things you never figure out any other way, right? Like people are trying to click on a picture. Oh, well, that's just a picture. We don't have a link there. Maybe we should make that a link. And so all of these various types of monitoring really for store owners improve the overall experience for their customer. And Ali, I was just going to ask ahead, you, you probably discovered all the new things that could go wrong when you're doing it with Headless, right? Yeah, as well as, you know, the, the extended kind of development time. One of the things that we found with Headless is all the edge cases that you don't think are going to come up come up so you know error handling so when when someone doesn't put in their their card information correctly and it's kind of like that's coming from stripe and you know how do you handle all of those error messages and it's just like all of those things that i think i said it in my talk a lot of the things that you you do through development they'll be assumed like we know there's going to be error messages coming back and we know how to handle them but with headless it's kind of like everything every single thing was an unknown and everything was a oh we have to factor that in oh we have to factor that in oh we have to factor that in um and it's it's yeah it's been fantastic as a learning experience but super challenging wow yeah it's so funny when you like think about headless or basically any kind of innovation it sounds so great in theory and then yeah you get into it and it's just like what is this growing over here? <laughs> like it's just hard to hard to be able to predict any of those types of things because in theory it should work, but then in practice there's all sorts of little things that can trip you up and and cause things to to go haywire. So um it's great to have like a monitoring tool that's not just looking at at checkout and is checkout working, but is you know, tax being collected or did that get turned off? And you brought up so many great points, Daniel, in your talk about like all of the different things that can go wrong with an e-commerce storefront. It's not just about, you know, did the sale close? There's so many different moving parts. So I love that somebody else is thinking about all of those things because when it comes to monitoring those, having to recreate the wheel is uh, daunting. Well, and I think the other important thing there, Kathy, is it's not just about does WordPress and WooCommerce work, right? Right, right. There are external services that we integrate with as well that we have to monitor. You know, what if ShipStation's API goes down, right? We yes. need to know that that's happened. And so, yeah, the it's a complex beast, an e-commerce site. It's not just the, you know, the website itself. It's all these other services and tools asked to integrate with. So... You mentioned that you you also, Daniel, have shop plugins, which is a great specialty plugin company for, for WooCommerce. And I've I've used a number of your plugins through clients in, in the past. I really enjoy uh, the subscriptions plugin you have, actually. I, I 
tend to tell all of my subscriptions customers to buy that. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that's um, that started out as a uh, that's the toolbox for subscriptions plugin that started mm-hmm. out as a client project um, for coffee. So very much, very much similar to uh, uh, Druven's um, uh, session today. Um, and then it it we and then it kind of the development of that kind of like got to a point and then kind of stopped. So it is due a refresh um, because supporting a bunch of subscriptions commerce sites you see again with the user monitoring users and, and getting all the, the customer requests you see some more um some more commonalities and the the checkout or excuse me the cancellation one is a huge one um yeah. cancellation uh making that available and then also i have gotten so many requests for uh one-time edition products and that mm-hmm. is uh that's top of the development queue um people want to be able to add items to their cart have it renew and then have it drop off so um that's been uh that's something that's that's just definitely has has highlighted the support requests the the pre-order requests and people just saying hey is this possible so uh, we actually built that out for uh, one client and just sort of have to migrate the code over into the plugin but uh yeah there's a lot of there's still a lot of um a lot of uh, additional functionality that could be built for that. And there are other plugins that do that. All, all subscriptions in the WooCommerce shop by Somewhere Warm is an awesome, awesome companion plugin. Uh, I made Toolbox compatible with it. Uh, when you change something yep. in, in your subscription, it checks to see if there's an all subscriptions uh, discount. Um, you know, you can buy an item for $20, but if you subscribe, you get it for 15, um, you know, that's that type of percentage discount, you know, that gets applied when you change stuff in toolbox. So that's, um, something in the other, one of the other, uh, presentations today, the, um, you know, how you're choosing your plugins from Marcus, the, the intercom intercompatibility between, between vendors plugins is, is really, it's challenging because it's development time on from my end but it makes happy customers i'd say yeah between um what used to be called subscribe all the things right mm-hmm. and your plugin it has handled most of the use cases that i've had for subscriptions uh where you know store owners want to give people more control uh the other big request i get is customer retention right so that retention workflow when somebody does choose to cancel giving them options rather than just automatically saying okay well we're going to cancel you giving them the option to skip a month or skip two months uh and i believe uh your plugin can do some of that on the customer side as well right yeah it's uh skip a month or change the date uh in the future to a different date mm-hmm. um but the cancellation sequence is something that's been asked for a lot like that's probably number two you know if yeah. you know why are you canceling let's let's let a um a built-in sequence not a person handle that and handle the um the you know sort of feeling feeling out like where the customer's you know temperature is are they are they are they fixated on canceling immediately and they never want to see you again or are they kind of on the are they on the fence that they maybe like you know if it was just a little bit cheaper if it was just a little bit less often if it was a different product you know help them work through some some of their frustrations um and then you could keep a customer that you worked really hard to win in the first place so yeah 
Yeah, the first place I really saw a custom uh, cancellation workflow work well was for a deodorant company. And mm-hmm. uh, they they were able to retain people because sometimes they were canceling just because they wanted to switch scents. Or maybe they had enough deodorant left that they didn't feel they needed that month's shipment, right? They were churning completely rather than just changing what they didn't like about the subscription. So, yeah, I think that's a powerful yeah. thing. And I, I look forward to seeing that in there as well. That would be awesome. Yeah, because there's a certain level of trust that you've already won by having them as a subscriber. You definitely want to leverage yeah. that trust and, and keep them around. Yeah, what's the so. statistic? It's seven times harder to get a new customer than to just sell something to an existing one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Hey everyone, Bob WP dropping into the show for a short break to tell you more about our two pod friends and to thank them for their amazing support. If you're looking for an all-in-one site speed optimization solution for you or your clients, and one that is trusted by over 100,000 sites, look no further than NitroPack. With easy setup and automatically run optimizations, such as advanced caching mechanism, image optimization stack, code minification and compression, critical CSS and built-in CDN, your clients will be on their way to increased conversion rates, a better user experience, and an easy pass with their core web vitals. Want to learn more? Just head over to nitropack.io. Weglot is known as an industry standard in the WordPress space to help builders turn client sites into multilingual shops. And as a supporter of the larger WordPress community, they are proud to announce their global sponsorship of 2022 WordPress events. With this sponsorship, I know they can continue to build long-lasting relationships and make new connections with the community and with you, the Woo Builders. So I say kudos to Weglot for this larger support to the ecosystem and make sure at the next event you attend to find them and say hi. You can learn about them at weglot.com and to read more about their global sponsorship. Make sure and check out both of these pod friends. And now let's get back to the show. I'm going to interject a question on Headless. I want to do it before I forget it. It's really two part and it's, Do any of our clients actually ever come to you and say, hey, I want headless e-commerce? And if they don't and you decide because that seems to be the right fit, what is your education process to tell these people? Or do you even feel the need to tell them that it's quote unquote headless? Um, Great question. So the client that we're working with at the moment, they specifically ask for a headless build. Um, So for us, it was kind of like, it was going to be great from a learning experience as well. Um, I think it's really important when when a client comes to you, when the, you, you know whether they they want headless or not, or is it something on their radar? Is it something on on our radar? It's like understanding not just what the initial build of their site is going to be, but what is the purpose of their site? Where are they? Where do they want their products to go? So you know, obviously, one of the advantages of he- headless helps with like omni-channel. Um, if you just if you want a site and you want your products on your on a site and it's just serving content, I think headless is probably not the right approach right now. 
Um, if you want products going into marketplaces and um, you know, you, you're going fully omni-channel, then yes, it might be the right approach. But um, I think if you've got clients as well who, who are kind of early adopters, because I know Headless has been around for quite a while, but it still feels like relatively new tech. It still feels a little bit kind of in the air that we don't really know how um, maintainable it is what are you, from, a, from a development perspective and from a, a cost perspective. Um, there's still, I think, a lot of questions around whether or not headless is the right approach. So it really does depend on what the client's, the purpose of their product offering is. I can't, I can't say their, their site if it's headless, but what it, what is the purpose of their product offering? Where are their products going out to? Um, I think that's kind of the questions that we should be asking all our clients. That makes sense. Yeah. Does anybody else have any anything that you might have caught or or heard, or maybe you saw something in Slack that you want to share that you probably shouldn't, but you could anyway. Um, that throughout the day that uh, you, you want to bring up. No, I think. Well, for me, I think the same thing. The full site size site editing. Um, I think I'm not going to say game changer, but one of the things I think for, especially for our clients, that's really prohibitive is not being able to make quick changes to like product pages, you know, more of the fixed assets within WooCommerce. So I think being able to move the power to them rather than to an agency to have to make those changes, I think is a, is kind of quite powerful thing. So that's something I like, you know, I really enjoyed listening to. So I, I have a question related to that. As uh, as I mentioned sure. in Slack, I kind of forced Gutenberg onto a onto the uh, shop product uh, um, page um, post types, just so I could get it working for a client, sort of a proof of concept, and it's great. But then you go and you build out an entire page, product page in Gutenberg, and then someone who doesn't like necessarily 100% know how to use the editor. This is probably the same thing as um, Elementor, Beaver Builder, whatever. Like, you know, someone comes in and like, you know, just moves a block and then the whole page is, is changed. Do y'all have any, any strategies for when everything is in that editor? Like it's not, this is not something that can be versioned like a, like a page template. It's not going through GitHub and going through a deployment. Like how are you keeping the content of, these pages that are meticulously built out to look a certain way, um, to, uh, the same, uh, how do you preserve them and maybe version them in you know, yeah, multiple? I I'm a big fan of keeping content and design in separate places for those types of reasons. And that was one of the reasons why I got involved in WordPress to begin with. It was like, I was blogging and I, I wanted my design over here and I wanted my content here because I was changing the design all the time. Right. And mm -hmm. So now we're moving like WordPress towards like full site editing and things like that. But I think like with those kinds of situations, things where um, you can have people build like templates out with blocks, but the actual data is stored and edited by someone who may not understand how the block editor works in a different place. And that's one of the things that I really like about Cadence ShopKit is that it allows you to build out those kinds of templates for your product pages and you can assign it to one product to a number of products to a category of products to products that were authored by one individual those types of things where you can template out things that way but then you have the content the product information the um all of the 
uh, what do you call it? Inventory, all of those types of numbers and data information is is entered and dealt with separately because I think still think that there's tons of implementations where you've got people you don't want to have doing anything with product layouts, but you still want them to have access to the data and to be able to edit it. So I'm I'm still kind of like living in the camp of data one place and design in another place. I'm just going to add in, Darren is actually listening to this and he was in the Slack and Darren had spoke earlier about the homepage and mm. the customization of that. And he said that patterns will be the game changer here for easing in merchant flexibility, as well as content locking in patterns. That's going to be a huge thing. The sort of curveball from that client from this proof of concept was they're coming from a developer who had implemented a ridiculously complex multi-site multi-plugin uh implementation and multi-theme based on the url like the url would change the theme it was it was horrific so they were on the pendulum of we've gone so custom we want everything default we want no custom no default they didn't want advanced custom fields they didn't want anything so i'm trying that's what i was i was trying to prove that with just just woocommerce and wordpress you can have block type functionality to to have a marketer change a landing page of a product URL. It was it was a challenge. It yep. it stopped there. That project ended because, um, yeah, I couldn't in, I couldn't bring in Cadence. I couldn't bring in any other mm. type of um, block library or any other plugin. It was it was it was a bit of a challenge, but it was a fun uh, it was a fun exercise to see what's out there, what's available. So. So what I've done in the past for that exact scenario is I've used the uh, description field for the uh, the product as what's tied to the, the visual editor and then put that into its own view on the page. So moved it out of where it normally would be and uh, made it a longer form product page. And by doing that, we still had WooCommerce controlling the top of the page where the product was displayed, but the long form content about the product below it was controlled by the visual editor. Nice, nice approach. I, I don't think it's something that's that's there yet for someone without your level of of experience. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to where it become to a time when it's a little bit easier and some more um, some more core products are coming out for, that would allow stuff like that. So. It's interesting. I, I I like I like I like the focus of having your product page be more of a landing page that is, um, you know, that is that someone a small an SMB can say, hey, I'm gonna I want two different versions of this. I want to see which one works better. I don't want to hire out to an agency that's going to do some some JavaScript wizardry to change things out. I just want to see if I can right. if I can get data on this myself. Yeah, I think that's that's huge. And then. You know, the other thing is that in the e-commerce space on larger product-focused sites, we have this dichotomy between the marketing site and the e-commerce site that happens very frequently. Even large sites like Apple, there's there's a marketing page and there's a buy now button that takes you to their e-commerce store. They're not the same thing. And I think that's just friction. It's friction that can be removed, right? So if we can combine those experiences into a single page, the marketing and the commerce functionality, uh, 
we're going to see increased conversions. We're going to see happier customers. They're not going to be going somewhere else to find that information. Uh, and it's not this broken experience of I'm driving a car that looks one way and then I have to, you know, turn the turn signal on to go to the, to, to buy the product. And now my entire dashboard has changed and I'm driving a different car. Hey everyone, thanks again for tuning in to today's show. I'd like to give one more shout out to our two pod friends. NitroPack.io for a powerful, optimized performance solution for your clients' WooCommerce sites. The next time you're at a meetup or a bird camp, stop by and thank Weglot for their amazing support of the community. Also make sure and check out WPSessions.com, who not only brings you WooSesh each year, but WordSesh as well as a large library of courses built for any WordPress or WooCommerce developer. So until next time, keep on doing the woo.